1: Here at the
0: Ranger Report Podcast, we only represent products we believe in. As you've heard over the past year plus, we've been running our Walton's commercial. I've been using Walton's products for a long time now, and let me tell you, they're some of the best seasonings I've ever used. One of my staples to make at my house are pork chops, and their ultimate pork chop and roast drove has gotten more compliments than anything that I've ever used. For burgers, their better burger seasoning is delicious, and I only use that on my burgers. Again, tons of compliments. They have all kinds of seasonings that you can imagine. They have barbecue sauce and the thick kind, not the watery kind at all. If you're into wild game, they have seasons and rubs for that as well. Don't forget their line of sausage casings and all the tools to make your own meat products, from sausage and jerky to grinders and more. Walton's really is a one-stop shop for everything but the meat. If you like tips and tricks and videos on how to do a whole lot of things when it comes to cooking, then you should go to www.meatgistics.com. Go to www.waltonsinc.com today and start shopping and tell them the Ranger Report podcast sent you. Walton's, everything but the meat.
2: The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. If you want the inside scoop, Listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go!
0: This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the Major Leagues to the Minor Leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. I am Ben Dieter, and today we are joined by Mark Brown. Mark, how you doing?
2: You know, I'm doing great. Any chance I get to talk about the 31 and 17 Orioles in uh, late May, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm with you there. Same thing
0: about the Rangers. Both teams sitting, uh, of course, we're 31 and 18. Y'all are 31 and 17. A lot different than uh, at least I envisioned at this point of the season for both these teams.
2: Yes. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I made a preseason prediction for the Orioles and I thought 81 wins. And I the reason why I, I wasn't willing to go higher than that, uh, I don't remember the exact thing right now, but people kept talking about it in spring training. It's basically like... Uh, it was something like in the last 50 years, whenever there's been a team improved by more than 20 wins from one year to the next, uh, there's only been like twice where they've won more games in the third year than they did in the second year. So that's the category that Orioles are in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I couldn't get that out of my head when I was trying to think about this season, just not that it was impossible, but that the history is heavily against uh, teams that so drastically improved as the 2022 Orioles did going definitely into this year.
0: So, definitely. So on the Rangers, if they improve by 20 games, that will be 88 wins. I had them at 75. I think they're going to beat that,
2: but you know, you're looking pretty good for that right now. Yeah. Everyone remembers
0: two seasons ago when they got Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and John Gray and, you know, the big splash. Then this off season, Jacob DeGrom, Nathan Avaldi, Andrew Heaney, you know, and everyone was thinking, all right, you know, I was thinking one more year, 2024, the Rangers will start contending this year will be a get to know each other kind of year. And then they come out, you know, playing well, Seeger gets injured, DeGrom gets injured, and then here they are still at 31 and 18. So I got to say, my crystal ball did not tell me that was going to happen at all.
2: No, I mean, I mean, that's what makes baseball fun is when unexpected things are happening. And of course, you and I are the fan beneficiaries of that kind of thing right now. So although, uh, one, one must be triumphant in this series. I do hope I like it when surprises happen. So I I hope that Orioles and Rangers can keep being surprises. Uh, Although I I am jealous of you actually having a owner who's willing to sign huge free agents. Whereas Orioles fans, uh, we got ourselves talked into thinking the Orioles were going to try and make a splash. Uh, I don't know how much Rangers fans would have been aware of this, but there was like, it, during last season, general manager Mike Elias was like, Oh, it's gonna be liftoff from here and talking about, oh, they're gonna make significant additions or whatever. And uh the big free agent signings were Kyle Gibson, who I believe you guys have some familiarity with. Yep. And then uh and then Adam Frazier. That was the two free agent signings. Not as exciting as, you know, getting Jacob to Crom. that's yeah. for sure.
0: Well, you know, we we went through that a few years ago when they told us they were gonna do that, and we got Kyle, uh Kyle Gibson. And uh, Mike, what was his name? Mike Miner. And, uh, you know, just they kept getting these guys that were kind of a little bit washed up or having trouble. And then they would reboot them and then trade them away. Yeah, they would get good. So when when they said they were going to spend money, I didn't believe it. But when they spent five hundred million dollars right before the lockout last year, you know, we started believing, Okay, maybe he actually is going to spend money. now. They're really going
2: to do it. Yeah. Well, we don't have that one quite yet in Baltimore, but uh, maybe maybe this coming off season, I guess we'll see.
0: But yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Now they played once already in Arlington. You guys took two out of three of those games, and it was a pretty good series. The Rangers right now, their biggest downfall uh, is their bullpen. Their bullpen cannot hold a game to save their lives. But that's sort of going all around baseball. How has Yell's bullpen been holding up so far this season?
2: You know, it's really interesting. So this is actually one of the things that has changed with the Orioles since the last time we played, because the Orioles have, and uh, if, if if your fans uh, really in, um, pay attention to other teams you might have heard about it the orioles called up this guy after we uh the orioles played the rangers his name is yenier cano he's from cuba he's 29 years old the orioles acquired him when they traded uh last year's closer jorge lopez to the twins uh, at the july trade deadline last year well i think that trade was actually in august but whatever the what used to be the july 31st yeah. trade deadline. Um and he, to, he was just kind of like a, a throw-in reliever to make the 40-man math uh, even is mm-hmm. is kind of how I looked at him. And his problem was he had just walked way too many people, and I expected that was what he was going to be. And then it seems like over this offseason, somehow he just unlocks something to where he doesn't walk anyone anymore. Literally, he has uh, pitched 25 and two-thirds innings now, zero walks. He's got a 0.35 ERA, a 0.390 whip. So that guy <laughs> suddenly is like the out-of-nowhere elite guy in the Orioles' bullpen. He's capable of pitching like two innings. Like So uh, the Orioles, they ended up losing to the Yankees on Tuesday night, but Yenny Cano pitched the seventh and eighth innings to preserve a one-run lead and didn't give up a run because he's allowed one run in 20 games so far. So. That's pretty good. Um, which it's good that we've had an out of nowhere success like that because the incumbent closer Felix Bautista, although his ERA is 1.50 after 23 games pitched, he's having major problems with command. He's issued, uh, he's got a a walks per nine of six, 6.0. So that's not what you want. Now he's striking out (laughs) 18 per nine innings. So he's still got a three strikeout (laughs) to walk ratio. Right. But, um, you know, uh, putting a free batter on every um, or two out of every three innings in that way, I, I feel like a disaster is going to strike. And as we're recording this, my freshest memory of Felix Bautista is he gave up the game tying home run to Aaron Judge uh, by hanging a split finger fastball on Tuesday night's game against the Yankees. So I'm I, at, at the moment I'm feeling gloomy about him, but um. You know, it, it, the the bullpen was a strength for the Orioles last year as they surprised at yeah. 83 and 79. Bautista was part of that. Um, so was CNL Perez, who's really stepped back this year. He's got a whip of 1.8 through 21 games. And uh, Dylan Tate, who was the other guy in we know Rio who he is. of good, good – relie- Yeah, you guys <laughs> had him too, right? So, um, we drafted he, him. He was good last year as a reliever. Yeah. And he hasn't pitched in the big leagues yet this year because he had a uh, – a forearm strain over the off season. I think he suffered in November. And, um, so people were like before nobody knew about this until spring training, right? You know, how those injuries go. Um, he, you know, they showed up in February and it was like, Oh, by the way, he's been hurt since November, but we didn't tell you. Um, so so everybody was just kind of all through the off season thinking, okay, you know, Dylan Tate's going to come back and do well. And, he's on yeah, I, right now I believe is the 30th day of his 30 day rehab. He's been pretty much bad everywhere they've assigned him throughout the <laughs> rehab. So I have a feeling this, uh, forearm strain is maybe still plaguing him or whatever. I don't know. He's probably going to get optioned. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cano, he's like the big guy and yeah. I, I really hope he can keep it going. It's just just a remarkable transformation and it's it's a lot of fun. He's got like attitude. He does this strike a pose thing that he says was inspired kind of by Aldous Chapman, a fellow yeah. uh, Cuban late inning reliever. He just, I, I can't even describe it. Uh, um, it he just, he, it's, it's just amazing like attitude. And it's just yeah. like, I feel like I'm watching a different team because after <laughs> so many years of the Orioles being bad, like. We've got these guys that just yeah. are, are way into being good. and I'm just like, okay, well, I, you know, Yen your Cano has never been around when the Orioles were bad. So I guess as far as <laughs> he's concerned, all those bad years didn't really happen. Yeah,
1: he doesn't know what he
2: doesn't know what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, today, today was a big one for the Rangers against the Pirates because Jose, Le, Jose Leclerc, who was our closer a few years ago, oh. just cannot find his location to save his life right now and uh, he got basically loaded the bases with a hit and a couple of walks. And we brought in Will Smith, who you've probably heard of. He's been around for yes. a long time. Uh, they brought him in kind of to be that veteran in the back of the bullpen. And he struggled a little bit lately, but he got the last four outs of the game today to preserve a three to two or and a two to one victory.
1: Bases loaded. Yeah.
0: Strike out with the bases yeah. loaded to get out of the eighth. And then he, he closed out the ninth. So that was a big one for us. So for you guys, that might be trouble since we had been struggling, but our bullpen actually came through today, but, I mean, the, the, uh, the Cincinnati red series that the Rangers played a few weeks ago, all three games, they led going into the seventh or eighth inning and all three games, the bullpen blew and they lost all three of them were swept by the Reds. So that, I mean, when that happens, you know, when you're, you're a team as good as the Rangers leading the league in runs, you have the league leader in RBIs and, Hey, and, uh, Hits and home and runs, Starting you know.
1: rotation has been awesome.
0: Amazing. And then of course, Marcus Simeon leads all of the majors in war right now. I mean, just, oh, playing,
2: wow! no, I didn't even realize yeah, that.
0: Marcus Simeon leads the entire major leagues in, in war right now. So he is playing out of his mind he led at the off today with a homer. <laughs> yeah. He led off the game with a homer today, but uh, yeah, it's just when you, when you're bullpen, I mean, every Ranger fan across the, the nation and CJ can agree with me groans every time our starter comes out of the game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, and here's the thing about the Orioles. Basically, it's very likely every game is going to be close because, yeah. you know, baseball reference keeps track of blowouts, five or more runs. Right. So the Orioles have played four games out of 48 uh, going into Wednesday that had a five or more run margin of victory for either team. So it's the Orioles just don't really blow people out. And for the most part, they haven't been getting blown out. So I mean, probably it's going to come down to one team's bullpen or the other trying to preserve a lead in late innings because yeah, it's interesting like how every 2023 Orioles game is gone. They, yeah. uh, you know, even if it's like they score five runs off the starting pitcher in the second inning or something, and then it seems like Orioles starter of the night just gives back four runs, uh, <laughs> which is exactly what happened in Tuesday's loss to the Yankees. Um, the Orioles hung five runs on Garrett Cole, but... Orioles starting pitcher Kyle Bradish gave up four runs in the fifth inning so that it was still a close game. And uh, ultimately, you know, they t- they took the one-run lead into the ninth, gave up the tie tying homer there, and then lost in extra innings, which, uh, you know, a, a third straight extra inning game for the Orioles there. And wow. that one, uh, they couldn't pull off scoring the Manfred man, and then they lost.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting going into this one too, but with the Rangers having the most games thus far, are actually on pace to 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 break the record for most 10 ga- 10 plus run games uh, in a single season. And so and, and to see you know, pretty much you guys you want to see the bullpen. If you you want our guy to uh, four or five innings and then y'all are in good shape. Believe me. Uh and if if you see Jose, Jose Leclerc come on, you just imagine these two faces right here going oh. <laughs>
2: That's exactly I, what happened. It, I've amazing. certainly had my share of relievers like that. Yeah. Uh, What's amazing relievers. is ZRA
1: is under four because whenever he gives up runs, they're inherited runners. Um, and, then whenever, and then whenever his guys get on base, <laughs> like today, he loads the bases, he gets two outs, and then somebody bails him out. So yep. his ERA is under four. But that is not indicative of how he has pitched this year at all.
0: At all. No, actually, a guy they sent down, Taylor Hearn, was actually pitching a little bit better, but his mm-hmm. ERA was almost nine because every run he gave up was not inherited. They were his own runs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there you
0: go. <laughs> Baseball's a weird sport. My favorite one is when a pitcher gets a win without throwing a pitch. Picks a guy mm-hmm. off at first, and then they score in the next inning. That's my favorite reliever stat in the world. Just oh, as yeah, a side yeah note. that'll do it. Yeah, get a win without even throwing a pitch. All right, so this is a three-game series. Uh, of course, the ba- Baltimore. You guys play in New York tonight and tomorrow night. We're recording this on a Wednesday, and then come to Texas. Uh, or are we going to y'all?
2: Uh No, it's in Baltimore. They're actually so, yeah. debuting the uh the Baltimore City Connect jerseys this oh, okay. weekend. If okay. you can believe that, I think you guys just went through that uh, we earlier did. this year, if I remember we right. We're wearing them every Friday now too.
0: Yeah, yeah, we wear them every Friday, every Friday home game. Okay, so they're kind of cool, but I mean, it's a good idea, but I don't know. I. I'm kind of a classic uniform guy. I just kind of like, like
2: the same because old. Because
1: you, you have the city uniforms on Friday, and then we wear our old powder blues on Sundays
2: every Sunday. Oh, yeah. Day. So. My yeah. my thing about the Orioles ones, it seemed like everybody else's have been, at least they tried to do something different, really, like immediately visually different from the regular uniforms. And I feel like the Orioles, oh, they've already got black tops. So yeah. what's <laughs> the difference? Although they then they just had this plain Baltimore uh, block script and it's like uh, and then there was this whole thing like oh well you have to look beneath the surface to see what's great about Baltimore which okay sure but I, I don't know and then there was this all this like colorful stuff that's supposed to represent Baltimore's neighborhoods it was a little abstract for me I don't know but yeah <laughs> it is It is in Baltimore this weekend so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to see those uniforms getting their debut oh boy
0: that'll be a lot of fun
1: Yeah. Baltimore uh, is, it's, it, it touches home with me because that's the first bit of American soil that I saw when I came back from my deployment oh, yeah. uh, in, in Baltimore. And uh, the whole the, the whole plane start, got up and started cheering and everybody was happy to be home. <laughs> and yeah, so Baltimore, uh, we stayed overnight. Of course, I drank a whole lot of beer, because I <laughs> beer um, and when I was deployed. So, yeah, I drank a whole lot of beer and got hammered in my hotel room by myself. <laughs> we had an early flight the next day to go back to North Carolina where I was stationed. So,
2: yeah, Baltimore. Well, uh, that is That's that fun. is a nice memory. So, you know, <laughs> nice nice place to be welcome back, I hope. All right, so to
0: no, Friday, sorry. Friday we have John Gray against Rodriguez. Uh John Gray is 4 and 1 with a 3.02 ERA. Rodriguez is 2 and 1 with a 6.21 ERA, but he has 12 more strikeouts than uh, than Gray does. So, Is he his ERA is high. Was it one bad start or what's going on with him?
2: No, he's unfortunately had a number of bad starts and I, I'm as disappointed about that as anybody, because I was really on the Grayson Rodriguez hype train before the season. Um, he, uh, As you may know, he was like one of the top 10 or 15 prospects in all of baseball before the season began. And the Orioles had him start the season in the minors. And a number of people, including me, were upset about that um, because we felt like he didn't have any more to really learn at the AAA level. So why send him there? And... The, as it turned out, they ended up summoning him within a week, which actually happened during the last time the Orioles played the Rangers because um, one of the Orioles starting pitchers, Kyle Bradish, took a, a line drive off his foot or whatever and ended up going on the injured list. Yeah. And um, to my great surprise, they called up Rodriguez to replace him in the rotation, uh, which I really didn't think they were going to do after sending him to the minors. I thought, you know, if they've got him going to the minors, they're not going to like panic call him up after less than a weekend of the season, um, you know, a line drive goes off of a different guy's foot, but then they, they called him up. Um, I, I think that first game was kind of rough. Uh, I'm kind of clicking through my baseball reference now. No, no, the first game was okay. He only gave up two runs in five innings. Yeah. That was actually against the Rangers there. Uh, he's gone on to have, uh, uh three starts where he gave up five or more runs and, He's yet to pitch in he's yet to pitch a full six innings and he's gone fewer than five in three of his nine starts. So he's really had some tough ones in there. mixed in with a couple of good ones, which were both against the Tigers, who are not a very good team this year <laughs> hitting wise. So it's like, okay, the the best he's got to really hang his hat on was really his debut where he held the Rangers to two runs in five innings, which now looks very good. Maybe, yeah. um, people didn't anticipate that would look as good on April the 5th, but now that, what do you guys have over 300 runs scored at this point? Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's a you lot. Know, that, that's pretty good. And, um, Rodriguez also allowed only two runs in five and two thirds against the Rays, another very prolific offense. So it's good that he's been able to do that, but he's he's had some real clunkers mixed in. I don't know when he's going to um, settle it down. I, I yeah. still hope, I have hope that he's going to be able to be something like the uh, the top pitching prospect guy that everybody was hyping up like last year. Um, but we we definitely haven't seen that consistently at the big league level so far, and I don't know. Uh, I still believe he's not going to learn anything more facing AAA batters, but yeah, there have been some harsh lessons facing major league batters so far. That's for sure.
0: Well, fun fact about him: he's from Nacogdoches, Texas, which is about an hour from where I live. So, or that's at least where he went to high school. So,
2: I did good. not even know how to say yep. that place. Na- I Nacogdoches, knew he was from Texas. Uh, a good,
0: a good buddy of mine is the the head sports writer at N- in Nacogdoches. So he actually went to the Rangers-Orioles series just to talk to him and cover him a little bit because he covered him in high school. So.
2: Yeah, the family was there when he made his debut. His, uh, his dad was very, very tense, uh, whenever they showed more so than most, you know, parents are during the debuts. He, he really looked like he was in agony, but (laughs) uh, you know, I could understand that. I I think,
1: I think I would be too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore actually drafted a kid out of my, uh, hometown Parker Bridwell.
2: Oh, yeah, I remember the days of getting Parker Bridwell. I, I don't want to say excitement, but he was like maybe like the fourth best pitching prospect in the Orioles system at one time. Um, I've got a, at a time you know, when they had no good pitching prospects. Yeah, but still. I've got a
1: uh, autographed well, he, him and Dylan Bundy were roommates. they they were they they lived together the whole I mean the whole way you know so that that was cool. I got an autographed um, visor from Parker from when he pitched for the Angels. But that's when he that's when he got up and he actually beat the uh, well, he didn't beat the Rangers. He pitched really well against the Rangers. and It was an odd day because I mean, my family knows his family. So uh, but yeah, he talked about uh, going to Camden to sign his contract and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I wrote an article on him. I was a sports editor at the time in my hometown. And uh, it was it was pretty neat. So a lot of I got a lot of Baltimore ties all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I will continue on.
0: Saturday, we got Andrew Heaney against Dean Kramer. Uh, Heaney, now for you guys, I'll let you know, you're going to get one or the other. Earlier this season, Heaney broke Nolan Ryan's consecutive strikeout record by striking out nine batters in a row to start a game. Wow. Um, He struck out the first three innings straight and then 10 of the first 11. And then another start, he gave up seven runs in two innings and got pulled out before the end of the second inning. So depending on which Andrew Heaney shows up is depending on how Saturday's game is going to go for either team.
1: Yeah. His, his last two starts have been pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. But yeah, his first start,
0: his first start, he gave up 10 runs. Yeah. Uh, which was terrible. I was at, I covered that game, unfortunately.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Saturday's Orioles starter, I think it's Dean Kramer. I'm, I, uh, let me see. Kramer is. Yeah, yeah, Kramer, he, that's what they got as probable. Yeah. He's been he's been kind of similar. Um, he really had a bad April. He had a six point six seven ERA at, after six starts at the end of April. And um so far in May, he's uh pitching to a 1.96 ERA over four yeah. starts. So yeah. I, I you know it's gonna be a question of how much is that improvement, I guess, going to last. There there have been some good teams he's faced there. It's not like he was uh, like with Rodriguez, where it was the Tigers, uh, he had a run earlier in May where he faced the Braves and then the Rays, and he Ooh. gave up one run over twelve innings. Wow! So and uh, just just had a one run in five and a third against the Blue Jays uh, in his last start out. Yeah. So he's he's been up and down too. It was more down to start the season and yeah. more up since. And uh, I, I I'm hoping he continues on that trajectory, but uh, I I still am not. Um, confident that the may Dean Kramer is going to be the permanent Dean Kramer. You know, I I, I need to see some more for him to believe that.
0: Yeah. See Rangers fans and Oriole fans are alike that we all have serious doubts that our team is going to keep doing what they're doing.
2: (laughs) I guess it comes from, uh, when you haven't won the world series, uh,
0: well, ever for us yeah, ever. <laughs> yeah well it hasn't
2: been in my lifetime i was born after they won in 1983 oh, okay. so as far as my life experience is concerned they've <laughs> never won the world series uh i i you know i only had to hear stories about that from my parents and whatnot it was nothing i experienced <laughs> myself so it's like yeah you know that that's part of my doing my podcast as kind of my therapy session about being an orioles <laughs> fan in that regard
0: <laughs> yeah I, I started this podcast in 2011 When they were really good, after you know, one World Series, I started it on their second World Series run, and I remember like how upset I was. I don't know if you remember 2011, but the Rangers were one strike away from winning the World Series twice.
2: Oh, sorry. Well, that was when uh, Nelson Cruz did something weird in the outfield in like Game Six or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, we, and that's one thing that uh, Rangers fans all joke we don't talk about game six, but still 12 years later, we still don't talk about it. So that was an awful, awful experience. So I'd almost rather like get blown out in a World Series than lose the way they did in 2006. But I'd also like to get back to one. So we'll see if that ever happens. But what was
1: odd about that year, too, is that the Rangers don't make the World Series without Nelson Cruz. mm -mm, No, he, you should, uh, yeah, the, the, the playoff run that he had going leading up to actually, he, he actually went back to back. With home runs in uh with Adrian Beltre in that game. Yep. Earlier in that game, and he had over ten home runs, I think, in the playoffs. Leading, he had a walk off grand slam against walk off grand slam. Yeah. They, the Rangers don't get there without him, and then that happens.
2: Cruz is a guy Orioles fans have plenty of fond memories of. He was yeah. only here for one year, but he was part of the twenty fourteen team that surprised everyone and won the yeah. AL East. And yeah. so, you know, he's just uh he was just a really fun you know fun guy to have on that team and everybody then got mad that they didn't sign him as a free agent uh the 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 statement was that i think they didn't they didn't want to give a fourth year or maybe they didn't want to give a fifth year because they thought he was going to be bad at the end and um here he is now he's whatever 42 and he's still in the league so that was (laughs) uh not one of the better orioles decisions to think oh we better not give that extra year to nelson cruz but what can you do
0: Yeah. yeah Hindsight's always twenty twenty on those it type sure things. Is. So, <laughs> I wish the Rangers would have hung on to him too after that year. So, yeah, that was
1: after, right after he had gotten uh, busted with the fifty game suspension.
2: Yeah, he year. got hit with the biogenesis stuff. So that was kind of why he was in the uh, in the Orioles um, discount bin area of shopping at the time. And that yeah, he t- ended he up working less, out pretty well. He took less money to go
1: to Baltimore than Just he would have received the qualifying offer. Yeah if he would have accepted the qualifying offer. So, yeah, he bet on himself there uh, money-wise, and he lost about $5.1 million. (laughs) But Yeah. Good good memories of Nelson Cruz, mostly, except for that. Mostly. Really. All
0: right, so let's talk a little bit here. On Sunday, you guys will see Dane Dunning, and you probably don't know hardly anything about Dane Dunning. He was a White Sox prospect before he came to Texas. Um, Dane Dunning was a starting pitcher last year who pitched to about a four and a half ERA. You know, pretty good season. So this season they moved into the bullpen because, you know, they brought in Jacob DeGrom and Nathan Navaldi and all these guys to to pitch. And he was doing really good in the bullpen. And then when Jacob DeGrom went out, they thought they would move him to the starting rotation. And he has been unbelievable in the starting rotation. He has a 1.67 ERA and he's 4-0 so far this season. Um, He's striking out. He's not a strikeout pitcher. He's only got 26 strikeouts in 43 innings. So only about one, not even, not even a strikeout every other inning. So he's not getting a lot of strikeouts, but he's also not walking anybody. He only has 10 walks in 43 innings. Wow.
1: A lot of of ground balls. uh, Yeah. he doesn't throw hard. About ninety miles an hour is about is about it. And then, but he's got a really good slider, a really good changeup. Really, I mean, he just really mixes it all in really well. He has so far, anyway. He's looked really, really good. And uh, I mean, the Degrom injury we were we were worried about, worried that it would be coming, and then it came, and we're like crap. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, we've got some depth, and they just slid Dunning right back into the starting rotation, and he's been you know he's just been awesome.
2: It'll be interesting to see how that goes if he doesn't hardly walk anybody because the Orioles actually going into Wednesday lead all AL teams in walks. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there are a few guys who are just really uh have been walking a good amount. And so I'm I'll be interested to see whether that means okay, he's throwing strikes and they're not uh adjusting or whether he's uh you know Suddenly walking guys, I don't know. Of course, I'm always a bit of a pessimist, and it's sometimes <laughs> it seems like those guys, the Orioles, swing at like the second pitch and just ground out a bunch, and then suddenly it's the seventh inning. Um, but no, actually, the Orioles this year, Here's the, they, they've been doing well the second time through the order, even more so than you would expect for the times through the order penalty. They're, uh, and this is current through Wednesday's game. Their first time through the order they're OPSing 629 against starting pitchers. And the second time through the order, they're OPSing 899. So it's really been the middle innings where they've been doing their damage when it's like the second time around against the starting yeah. pitcher. So just, I mean, that'll be the whole weekend. It, really yeah. the whole year so far, I've been like, okay, why are they falling behind early every game? And then they uh, then they come back in the middle innings. And uh, that, that seems like it's just been the consistent pattern.
0: Well, the Rangers' main problem, in my opinion, offensively, they've been really good, obviously, with all the runs they've scored and everything, but they cannot hit breaking pitches. Like uh, they, they have so much trouble. So if a starter is throwing like nasty breaking stuff, sliders, curveballs, they're going to struggle the whole day. Every single one of them, it seems like, and I don't know why, just cannot figure out how to hit a breaking pitch. I don't know why, but that's, that's the only frustrating thing I've seen in our offense so far. It's just yeah, the inability...
1: Guys like Rich Hill last night,
2: even though they finally got to him in the field. Oh, Rich Hill. Rich
1: Hill. What is he, like 50? He had nine Ks and four and two It's
2: so weird for me every time he comes up and he's like 47 (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Rich Hill, I have a very vivid memory. He was on the 2009 Orioles, and he was so bad. Like, he was so bad. So it's just, here we are 14 years later, he's still in the league. It just is amazing. Like It really is. It really, yeah. Is. So, so the Orioles, uh, all of the Orioles starters has the capability of ha- in this series has the capability of having a good breaking pitch. Do they do it consistently? I don't know. So you might get a reprieve, and they're not uh, doing as good as they can. Like the Sunday starter Kyle Bradish, he's got the potential to have a very good curveball. Uh, I think Kramer can kind of spin a pretty good curve as well, but sometimes he spins a not very good curve, and then you know gives yeah. up a bunch of hard contact. So. Uh, We'll see which version of these guys shows up over the course of the, the weekend series.
0: I think it's going to be a lot of fun again. Like I said uh, at the top, I did not expect this to be a two top teams in the American League battle when it came back around to the late May Orioles Rangers games. And it's actually been a lot of fun to see both teams because, you know, as a, as a guy who's an AL West fan and who's a, who's a Texas Rangers fan you know, we're against the Yankees and we're against the Red Sox. So to see the Orioles succeed, I always has made me happy just because it's not the Yankees and it's not the Red Sox.
2: Well, I tell you, it certainly uh, is happy for Orioles fans for the same reason, because pretty much my entire adult lifetime, it's been, oh, the Yankees are dominant. The Red Sox are dominant. One or both at the same time. Uh, So, there, you know, there's never room for the Orioles. And even in 2014, when the Orioles did succeed and win the division, all the media narrative was like, wow, it's a real down year for the Yankees and the Red Sox. And so that's why the Orioles were able to win the division. It's like, I mean, you know, as a fan, yeah. you just want them to be like, just acknowledge the Orioles are good, even yeah. though you didn't think it was going to happen. Right. But that wasn't what yeah. happened in 2014. Yeah. Uh, it, it hasn't really been happening in 2023 so far. They're not uh, totally dogging on the Orioles, but it, I think that it's going to take more uh more of this for people to start being like, okay, it's something other than a fluke. As and- Rangers fans, we know how you feel, but yeah, <laughs> because when they started showing up in '09 and, and
1: '10, it was like, what, what's going on here? And it was like, yeah, we're actually good once, you know. <laughs> and um, you no, know, I think the, the what's what's funny about the Orioles and Rangers, we traded so many players back and forth, yeah, we shared them, you know, the Rafael Palmero, the. Will Clark, uh, right now Dylan Tate, and we Nelson Cruz. We just mentioned. Um, I mean, the list is is Harold Baines is
2: another. You actually, one even right now, catcher Jonah Heim was a former John Orioles prospect. Oh, that's right. He that's right. A couple stops uh, after yep. being traded away from the Orioles before he uh, made it to the Rangers. I, yeah. I always liked him as a prospect, and okay. I was annoyed when they uh, traded him away for. The 2016 version of Steve Pierce, who was not the 2014 <laughs> version of Steve Pierce when they traded yeah. for him, yeah. but you know what can you do? You can't hold on to every prospect, but I, I'm I'm um, I'm happy to see him blossoming finally as well.
1: Mark Mclemore, Damon Buford. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, there's been a bunch. Of, yeah, <laughs> of, of I mean, McLemore. we
2: had some experience with guys that I was less fond of, like uh, Kevin Millwood uh, yeah. got uh-huh. traded uh-huh. of yeah. the yeah. Orioles. Kevin Mills, another one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is correct. All right. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us
2: tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I'm sure it will be an interesting series because every Orioles game this year, other than four, has not been a blowout. So uh, it's probably going to continue this weekend.
0: I agree with you. And go ahead and give your Twitter handle and where can they find your podcast?
2: Yeah. So on Twitter, you can find me at Camden Chat. That's my SB Nation blog handle. I'm the manager of that site. And my podcast is called Good Morning Birdland. And every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning, I've got an episode about 20 to 25 minutes out about whatever's gone on with the Orioles uh, since the last time I had an episode. So if you ever want to hear more about the Orioles, that's where you can find me.
0: Well, we're thrilled to be part of the Fans First Sports Network now. I'm sure you are,
2: too. So enjoying. it. Been, they've been so wonderful. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I didn't even have a show going when the thing started up. And <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, you know, do you want to come in? And I was like, I actually do. And thank you for helping me so much. It's been great. So uh, thank you guys for having me on. It's nice to have an easy way to talk to, uh, you know, another another team's podcast folks. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Thanks, Mark. All right. Take care. Have a good one. All right. See you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.